It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. Welcome to another episode of the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. Thanks for being here, friends. My name is Mike Bernard. I am your host. I'm also one of the CFPs on the program. With me in the KFG studios today, no Kevin Corhorn, but right next to me, Josh Gregory. Well, finally, we have a year with very few changes to the tax laws. Can I can I knock on wood somewhere? Let's just hope that stays the case. That's right, because sometimes they'll change them partway through the season as well, right? Yeah. And that has the CPAs pulling their hair out. But this also doesn't mean that there won't be a bunch of surprises, though. So there are a bunch of gotchas that are likely to wreak havoc on the 2023 tax returns. We're going to be uh, hitting those surprises, unpacking that and more on today's episode. Yeah, that's right. The, the tax return you're about to file. Maybe you're in the process of gathering documents right now, scheduling that appointment with your CPA. Maybe you've You've dropped stuff off and you've got an appointment scheduled to go over the return. That's the process that that we take. Um, what could you be surprised by when you sit down and look at your return? And then how can you avoid it? What planning opportunities exist? We're helping with that. If you have a question for the program, we'd love to hear from you. You can call or text us, 574-222-2000. That's 574-222-2000. Online, wisemoneyshow.com is where you can find us. And then all of our social media, wherever you're at, we are there as well. Search the Wise Money Show. So like Josh shared, there's six areas to your financial life. Comprehensive financial planning is taking a look at all six of those areas and then helping you align your financial decisions to bring synergy and benefits to as many of those areas as possible. Often overlooked is, well, how are the financial decisions I'm making going to impact my tax return? Tax planning is different than tax preparation. Tax planning is being proactive and tax preparation is being reactive, okay? But it's required, you have to do it. Tax planning is being proactive, all designed to help you do two things. Capture, identify opportunities to improve your tax situation. We say pay the least amount of tax over your lifetime. Your financial plan then helps you determine which of those identified opportunities should you implement. But the other part of tax planning is avoiding surprises. I hate surprises. Some tax surprises are, let's face it, unavoidable. Mm-hmm. You, you, I did not see that one coming. Most of them are avoidable. In fact, all of the tax surprises we're going to tell you about today, tax planning would have ruined the surprise. Like you, you would have been aware of it, and and it would have been no surprise, no no headache and hassle. That's right. I mean, there may be tax law changes that you just weren't aware of, and that's why we want you to have a CPA and a certified financial planner in your life to help catch the things that aren't on your radar, but often yeah tax tax surprises come because people take action before they've really measured the results or the the outcomes and uh, it, it can wreak havoc on someone's overall financial life and their ability to reach their goals because what is financial planning all about it is about being proactive so that you can achieve the most thing most important things uh, for your future those goals that you've set as as priorities but man, if you've got too much money slipping through the cracks in the form of taxes that you're paying, every one of those dollars is a dollar that could have been working for you. You could have been enjoying either today or out there in the future. And so to, to me, this is a, it's a big deal to avoid the surprises because they represent unnecessary tax dollars slipping through the cracks potentially. And, and unnecessary stress and strain on your cash flow. I mean, right now, um, it, it's sort of the, the tale of two sides. The, the middle class is completely squeezed, 
completely squeezed by uh, by by inflation and some of the the monetary policy and and cash. Is, I mean, that's a topic and a theme for other shows. And and yet, if you then all of a sudden owe on your taxes or we're expecting a refund and you don't get it, that can create a significant cash flow strain as well. So let's get into these tax surprises. I'm going to tell you most of them are negative, uh, but there are a couple positives. We're going to save those to the last, by the way. So first big tax surprise we've talked about earlier. We talked about it almost a year ago in the Wise Money Show, and no one else was talking about it, not tooting our own horn. But then come the end of the year, lot this has got, definitely gotten mainstream attention. It has to do with taxes on Social Security. I think it's going to catch a lot of people by surprise for the first year ever, they're going to have to pay taxes on their Social Security and they're going to be scratching their head saying, what in the world happened? And by the way, <laughs> if this is a tax surprise and you're caught flat-footed, this could be thousands of dollars all of a sudden that you have to owe on your tax return right. where normally you wouldn't. Exactly. Because the people that this catches by surprise, they're used to paying maybe no taxes at all or very, very low taxes. And if all of a sudden... Uh, something changes in your financial life or specifically your income, your income goes up and now you're paying tax on that new income and it's causing you to pay tax on more of your social security. You can have your tax picture swing pretty wildly from, from year to year. And man, it, it, it is devastating to someone who thought that they really were going to pay no taxes and now all of a sudden they are. It's all tied to the way that Social Security is taxed. And it's a crazy calculation. A lot of people believe, oh, you don't pay tax on your Social Security, right? Well, some people do. Yeah. And the way you determine whether or not you're going to be in that group that has to include some or a, a major portion of their Social Security, it's this calculation that is done for you by your CPA or by the software that you're using to prepare your returns. Essentially, what's happening is they're taking half of your Social Security that you receive during the year, adding into that all the other sources of income that you had throughout the year, and then measuring it against uh, certain thresholds. And if, if you're uh, an individual, at, once you hit 25000 if you're a married couple, I believe at 34000 32000 Thank you. Yeah. Um, that's, that's when uh, all of a sudden there's a trigger that happens that begins pulling some of that Social Security onto the tax return where it gets included in your total income. And the most that anybody has to include, the, the greatest portion of their Social Security is 85% of it. And again, I, I always stress that that doesn't mean you're paying 85% of your Social Security in taxes. It just means up to 85% of the Social Security benefits that you received may have to be counted. It starts at zero, but then when you hit a threshold on this calculation I'm describing, some of it has to start being included. So half of your so this calculation is half of your Social Security benefits plus all of your other income. If you're single, then half of your Social Security plus all your other income, if that is above 25,000, some of your Social Security starts becoming taxable. If married finally jointly, if that calculation is above 32,000, then some of it is uh, is, is going to start being taxable on your return. This is always a surprise because that calculation has always been that well, it's been there since since 1983 and then it got enhanced in 1993. Um, why is it a surprise this year? Because those thresholds didn't change. Yeah. It's always been they 25 never and 32. Have. They never have. And yet Social Security gets a cost of living adjustment. There's a calculation that's done every year, and on average it grows like three percent. Last year it grew by eight point seven percent. 
from 22 into 23. So more people just by continuing to draw the same Social Security or turn it on because, gosh, yeah, I got a big, big raise or I, I've reached retirement. You now have a bigger Social Security. And when you apply that bigger Social Security by that same half of your Social Security, half of a bigger number, plus all your other income, then you're likely going to surpass those thresholds. By the way, what about that other income? Has life gotten more expensive? Yeah. Yes. So you likely needed more other income, more withdrawals from the IRA or or, or whatever. And therefore, I, I think the averages are somewhere around 50% or a little bit less than 50%. I don't have this right in front of me. I had it the last time we talked about this, uh, of people pay tax on their Social Security. I think it's going to be a record high percentage of people that mm -hmm. pay tax on their Social Security in 2023 that they're going to file right now in, in spring of 24. That's right. And it's kind of a sneaky way that the government ends up getting more tax revenue from more people um, just by locking in those thresholds and uh, allowing all the other income and, and inflation to drag more people into higher and higher income situations where they now are included in that 50% on its way to 60% probably. Yeah. So what can you do about it? Well, you can, I, so this, you've got to be doing tax planning, proactive tax planning, because if this is just an anomaly and it's not going to be taxable to you next year, then maybe there's no change. You got to work with your CFP. Where do I come up with the cash to pay the tax bill? If you look and say, well, there, yes, there's another cost of living adjustment on social security this year, about 3.2%. And, and again, these, you, these numbers haven't changed for those thresholds. So it's likely I'm going to pay tax on my social security every year. What should I do? You can actually fill out a form, print it out online, and either send it in or drop it off at the Social Security office. It's a W-4-V, Voluntary Withholding Form, um, where you can choose. I think it's four different thresholds on your Social Security that you can choose to have federal taxes withheld at. Um, know that those federal taxes, that percentage, will be held on uh, withheld on every dollar even though the maximum amount of your social security that will be taxable is 85%. So you've got to look to, to make sure that you withhold the right amount. That's going to have cash flow implications. So you've got to work with your CFP, do the planning to see if that makes sense. All right. So that's the biggest surprise. Several others that are likely to hit your 2023 tax return. We've got that more coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. What are the tax surprises that could be in store for you as you do your 2023 tax return right now? Whether you're doing it yourself or working with a CPA, I hope you are, and a CFP, what are the tax surprises that could be waiting for you and what can you do about it? We're helping with that and more right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard with me in the KFG Studios, Josh Gregory. Stay up to date on all Wise Money content. Find us online, wisemoneyshow.com, and then all of our social media Wherever you're at, we are there as well. Search The Wise Money Show. All right, so hitting tax surprises that if you were doing proactive tax planning with your CFP who's doing comprehensive financial planning, that's a mouthful. That is a mouthful. And it's hard to understand, but that's where we teach it to you every, every week. But if you're doing those things, these aren't surprises at all. You would have caught all of these and been opportunistic as well. Right. If you're not doing planning, so really that is the that's the the antidote to each of these surprises. Well, what could you do about it? I, gosh, we would strongly encourage you do comprehensive financial planning. It's got to be a CFP, but it's not just a CFA. They've got to be doing comprehensive financial planning, including tax planning. How often do you run tax projections in your own life? Uh, three times a year. It's yeah. not on a normal cadence, but I'll I'll 
create the first tax projection probably by May or June. Mm-hmm. I'll update it at the end of the third quarter, and I'll update it again by the end of the year. Yeah, yeah. That's similar pattern for me as well. And I, I mean, we're kind of nerdy guys, so getting into spreadsheets and software and crunching numbers and everything is is fun. But at the very least, you would want people doing that fourth quarter estimate, yeah. right? Yep. Preferably early in the fourth quarter, so there's still some time to be able to take action. But you're exactly right. Every one of these surprises that we're talking about today, they're they're foreseeable if you you know get into the numbers with your certified financial planner and you're you're looking closely at what how the year is is playing out, or maybe some of the decisions that you're you're considering. Consider them with a, a tax projection already built. That's you right. know, look at the before and after of that decision. And sometimes it can reveal to you these surprises. I didn't see that one coming. I didn't realize it was going to trigger me to hit a certain threshold of income. And, and now all of a sudden I'm paying more tax than I ever intended. Let's tap the brakes. Let's postpone that decision. Let's look at a different option. All of that. And, and it is the reason why tax planning is such a crucial part of your overall financial planning and decision making. Yeah. These next two really the surprise isn't that there will be a lot of tax but instead that the uh, that there will be more penalty. This first one is interest. Interest on a bank account and this for the first time since I'm going to say 08 <laughs> more people are going to have a lot of interest that they're going to need to report on their tax return. I remember right as interest rates were starting to go up, there's a client that I was sitting down with and and we've been talking about, hey, you know you you got you got too much sitting in cash. You know, they're in their they're in retirement in their 70s and had gosh about a half million dollars still sitting in cash. They've wow. got a fully funded portfolio and 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 all of that, but it's hey, you could get that money working for you because at the time, there was only $32 of interest. <laughs> On a half a million bucks. Correct. That hurts your feelings. It does. It wow. does. And I brought, I showed that to them like, hey, guys, I've been telling you this, but now like, this is how awful it is. Um, well, last year, if you had a half million dollars earning 5%, that's 20 grand, 25 grand. Mm-hmm. It wasn't 5% all year. So, right. so maybe 15 to 20 grand yeah. of taxes. Now, most people don't have that much sitting in the bank. But it's likely that you're going to have more interest land on your tax return last year than the year before. Mm-hmm. While that's going to be taxable, that's not the surprise. I think the surprise is, well, which bank accounts were paying interest? Was it your savings account at the bank? No, that didn't. That interest rate didn't go up much at all. Yeah. More people than ever last year were looking saying, where can I go get interest? Online money markets, mm-hmm. online bank accounts. And do online bank accounts mail you a 1099 tax form? No, they do not. They do not. Yeah. You have to remember and go get it. And boy, your, your CPA might not be prompting you saying, hey, I need this 1099 from that online bank because maybe you'd never had that online bank before. Right? One, one year ago, right now, the last tax return that I delivered, I, you know, so we've got a full team of CFPs. They're, they're stinking awesome. Um, and so, you know, my, my role, I'm not, not in as many client meetings anymore. And, uh, but the last one that I was a part of, it was, I think April 14th or April 13th, we're going over the tax return and we're going over their financial plan as well. And, and all of a sudden I put two and two together. Hey, wait a second, guys, did you open up that online money market and, and move some money? Oh yeah, we did. It's like, wait, wait a second. Didn't, didn't you get a 1099 from that? Oh no, we didn't. Guys, yeah, we need to log on and get it. And it was an extra $500 of interest. That Now, the tax on that 
150 bucks, not a big deal. Mm-hmm. But the penalty, if they had forgotten, yeah. because if you don't have that 1099 and don't put it on your return, oh, what's the big deal? A 1099 was sent to the IRS. That's right. And they're going to look, and that's a very easy one where they're going to say, hey, these numbers don't match. Here's a notice. Yep. And then you're going to have to add it, pay the tax, and a penalty. So that's the then third surprise is underpayment penalties. Right. And, and this can happen for a variety of reasons, right? Uh, we're talking about a good thing happening in your life. You're, you're earning more interest than you have in years past. That is a wonderful thing. It's, it's nice to get a respectable interest rate on your cash. Uh, we love that. But here, here's the thing. That cash... As it's earning interest and everything, it's not like you're paying in any taxes on that interest as it's earned. Not like a paycheck, uh, where as you earn your pay, your employer is withholding money and it's kind of covering itself throughout the year. No, this is one of those streams of income that isn't being taxed for you along the way unless you're taking action yourself. And that could be maybe you're withholding more money on your paycheck to cover all these miscellaneous uh, sources of income. Maybe you're doing some quarterly estimates. There are uh, some clients that will take uh, an IRA distribution every year because they have to take a required minimum distribution, and they'll use that to pay their taxes not only on all their other income, but including this, this interest we're talking about. But what if you don't? Yeah. What if you haven't taken action proactively to make sure you're covering that income with some tax withholdings? Then you could get to the end of the year, and if you owe too much, then you'll actually get penalized, and those penalties are getting steeper yeah, here it's, recently. It's essentially a percentage rate, and a couple years ago, it was about 3% penalty rate. Uh, a year ago, it was 5%, and they've increased it to 8% now is the penalty effectively for not paying your taxes timely. Well, what's timely? Well, you the, the IRS says your taxes uh, should be paid throughout the year. Okay, well, what if I'm not working and withholding and making income throughout the year? Well, then your taxes need to be paid in the quarter that you earned the income. And it's not a calendar quarter. It's this weird, uh, bizarro quarters. You know, April, you know, from the first of the year until April 15, from April 15 to June 15, from June 15 to September 15, September 15 to January 15. And, and if you fail to make the appropriate payments, meaning you show up at tax time and you owe too much or it's a strange calculation, depends on last year's return and last year's tax and all that sort of stuff. Um, but now if you didn't pay enough, the penalty is going to be higher. Yep. That's exactly right. And keep this in mind. What you're hoping for is that if you do end up owing some tax at the end of the year, either you owe less than a thousand bucks or you've reached a safe harbor this year. And this again is something that your certified financial planner, your CPA can be helping you throughout the year to make sure you're at least getting to a certain threshold so that you don't have all of these penalties. And that threshold is, as long as you've paid at least 100% of last year's tax. So if last year, in total, to the Fed, you paid $11,000 in tax, as long as you paid in at least $11,000 this year, you'll be at a safe harbor. In other words, they're not going to penalize you even if you owe another couple grand above and beyond that point at, at tax time. Now, there is a catch, though. If you're a high-income earner, you may have to pay in 110% of last year's income. Again, this is what your certified financial planner is helping you to watch out for because you may intentionally get to the end of the year 
and still have some taxes owed because you're just kind of holding on to the cash, you can do that as long as you have reached a safe harbor and you're not going to get these underpayment penalties or late payment penalties that we're talking about. There used to be this thinking, this is probably 20-some years ago, where people who were savvy and, and aware of these penalties would say, nah, I'm okay paying the penalty. I'd rather keep the money in my pocket earning interest. I, we've never really ascribed to that thinking right. because the math doesn't fully work out. It, it didn't back then, um, and it certainly doesn't right now. Even when interest rates have skyrocketed on your you know, money market or whatever, if you're getting 4.5%, something like that, that doesn't compete with 8%. And, and and therefore, there's not an arbitrage play here. Be aware, pay the right amount in for your safe harbor, avoid penalties because they got steeper. What are some other tax surprises? There are a couple more bad ones, but there's some good ones. Got that more coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. What's your what's your tax shelter strategy? Uh, so are your investments primarily in tax-sheltered accounts, or do you have investments outside of those? What are the tax ramifications? We're helping with that right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name's Mike Bernard. With me in the KFG studios, Josh Gregory. Every episode of the Wise Money Show is on podcast. Wherever you listen, search the Wise Money Show, subscribe to it, follow us there, and rate the program there as well. Lots of lots of tax surprises, I think, are in store for people this year when they do their return. And, and these are surprises that could have been avoided very easily with uh, with proper tax planning, proactive tax planning. And if you weren't doing it, I mean, the 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 way to solve or resolve or or prevent this in the future is is doing comprehensive uh, financial planning. One of the six areas of your financial life is tax planning. And through that, at least, you know, because we believe so heavily in this, we're doing tax planning with our clients every single meeting of the year. So right now, as we collect documents, we prepare the return, we then sit down with our with our clients, review the return, answer those three questions that I have shared several times, time and time again. Review the return to make sure you you understand where every number came from, that we've got an accurate return. Second, review what opportunities exist before you file this return for you to enhance it, to make improvements. And then what adjustments do you need to make right now to improve this year, 2024? And that's tax planning. We'll do that again in the summer or we'll do that again in the fall as well. So, all right. If you have investments outside of 401ks, Roth IRAs, those sorts of things, those have different tax treatment. They're not tax sheltered. And if you sell an investment, I think it's, it's fundamentally understood there could be some tax ramifications when I sell it. Mm-hmm. But if I if I bought an investment and I didn't sell it, could there be a tax ramification? Yeah, and you're you're specifically referring to mutual funds. Yeah, for the most part, right? Um, and, and a lot of people don't realize that mutual funds uh, they themselves don't pay taxes. They they're like a, a company, a pass through entity essentially. They don't pay taxes, even though that mutual fund manager, all day, every day, uh, as the markets are open, they're buying and selling stocks or bonds or real estate on your behalf. Uh, they're they're managing a portfolio, and as they buy and sell, they're generating capital gains or or profits on the sale of of those investments. But they don't pay tax on them. Instead, it gets passed through to the owners of the mutual fund. 
Mm-hmm. And when when you first hear that, you might say, well, man, that's a ripoff. Like, why am I having to pay the tax for these investments? Well, they're your investments, right? And it's actually a good thing that your investments aren't paying tax, and then you turn around and pay tax as well. It's only being taxed one time, and it's being taxed at lower rates because it is more favorable to be taxed uh, at, at individual or, or married rates, individual taxpayers, as opposed to corporate rates. And uh, so it's a good thing, but it catches people by surprise because it's not like the mutual fund managers touching base with you throughout the year and telling you what they're up to, right? right. They're not telling you, yeah, man, we just sold some Apple stock that we've held for years and you should see the profit we generated on that thing. Yeah. N- no, like it's going to show up on your 1099, all the... The, the summary of what that activity was and how much capital gain was generated on your behalf in your, your mutual funds. This is one of the reasons why we love so much owning those mutual funds in a Roth IRA yep. or a traditional IRA in your 401k at work, because as those capital gains are being generated, they are not being taxed. They're not being pushed through to you because it's inside of a tax shelter. But there are many investors out there that they've maxed out their 401k each year. They've used up their capacity to contribute to a Roth IRA. And maybe they still have dollars that they're accumulating for some great goal in the future. And so it ends up being in maybe a brokerage account or in their individual name. Maybe they own it jointly with their spouse. But the point is, this happens when you have those mutual funds outside of a tax shelter. And you can be surprised at the end of the year if you don't have this on your radar. This is it, this is not a bad thing to build up a a, a non-qualified or non-IRA in account. It's just I, there would be a premium, a precedent to to contribute to the right tax shelters first, and then, like Josh said, if there's extra dollars, then by all means, by all means, build wealth, continue to invest in in a joint account. If you have inherited dollars as well from from your folks, that might be landing in a in in a non-tax sheltered account and have a taxable impact. The point isn't, oh, this is a bad thing, avoid it at all costs. No, the point is to be aware. Be aware. And uh, and how do you prevent this in the future? Well, make sure you're funding your tax shelters. Two, have a, have a, a proactive plan for, well, what sort of tax uh, capital gain distributions might these funds distribute? And make sure that you're withholding enough or having the right estimated payment schedule so that you uh, are, are ahead of this and aren't caught by surprise. All right, there are a few other tax surprises that are going to um, you know show up on your 2023 return that are actually good mm-hmm. that 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 might might not be um, you know expected, i.e., surprise, but they're not a negative thing. And the first one is just the expansion of the tax brackets from 22 to 23. We talked about this at the beginning of the year when it when it actually happened, but you're even though the tax rates stayed the same the tax brackets expanded. Mm-hmm. And this is constantly happening, right? The the tax brackets rarely are stable from year to year because they're usually adjusted for inflation, which means essentially you're allowed to earn more income or have more income on your tax return before you creep out of the first tax bracket into the second and third and, and so on. And so you can end up having more income at those lower rates, which is, which is wonderful. Um, the same thing, it can happen in reverse as Congress takes action on tax laws, though. And this is a, a warning that I think everybody needs to be aware of out there in the future, that 
even if you're working today, you're earning a big income, and you believe wholeheartedly that in the future I'm going to be in a lower tax bracket because I'm not going to have this this big paycheck or, or something. Well, that may be true, where your income's going to drop in the future, but what if the tax brackets um, change, where they, they actually... Uh, lower the amount of income that it, it takes to get into a higher bracket, or maybe they change the rates themselves. So just be aware that right now things have been moving in your favor. Mm-hmm. More income can be earned before you get into a higher tax bracket. The opposite can happen from time to time, though. And uh, you need to be aware of sunsetting tax laws and, and all of this. This is why your certified financial planner is often trying to get you to think about forward you know, looking years out there in the future. What is your income going to be? Or is there going to be inheritance money that you receive? Are the tax laws going to be different? That kind of thing. Uh, let's take advantage of these tax brackets while they exist right now. These tax brackets expanded approximately 8%. So it, let's just, I just we're not going to share all the numbers, but but uh, married filing jointly in 2022, the first after all your deductions, the first twenty thousand five hundred and fifty dollars were taxed at ten percent. Well, now it's the first twenty two thousand uh, dollars that are, are taxed at ten percent, and so on. About an eight percent expansion. So more dollars being taxed at these lower brackets. Um, speaking of tax after deductions, another positive surprise, if you aren't aware, standard deduction got a similar expansion as well. One of the largest, maybe I think the largest nominal increase in the standard deduction that we've ever seen. It went from, for the, the base rate for married finally jointly from just under 26,000 to just under 28,000 of standard deduction. That's just an automatic deduction that you get. That's right. Everybody gets to eliminate that much income off of their tax return. And so, again, it's another one of these examples where the government's letting you eliminate more income off of the return. It results potentially in you paying less taxes if your income stayed exactly the same year to year. Most people's income is going up, though, right? Wages are increasing. Social Security is increasing. Uh, interest income is increasing. And so really what's happening is these these tax brackets are just moving north to keep up with growing income and, and helping essentially keep things stable for most taxpayers. Yeah. And the the other is there was same the same sort of inflation adjustment to certain tax credits as well. When we talked about the very first one that the threshold for paying tax on Social Security, there was no expansion there. Yeah, that's a secret. That's a deceptive way of increasing taxes. But get you getting tax credits, those also are based on income numbers and most of them based off of your adjusted gross income. Um, and and those credits expanded as well. The the retirement savers credit, our favorite credit. That if your income is below certain thresholds, you get a tax benefit for saving up for retirement. That expanded as well. Married filing jointly, you can get a a a um, a tax credit for contributing to retirement, even if your income's up to seventy three thousand. More tax surprises. That more coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFG Studios, no Kevin Corhorn today, but next to me, Joshua Gregory. Every episode of the Wise Money Show, as well as a lot of other content, is on the YouTube channel. Uh, Well over a thousand videos there, not just this talk show, but lots of other content that we air all throughout the work week, taking 
the, the, a comprehensive approach to your financial life, showing you how the seemingly disconnected parts of your financial life need to be considered in order to make great financial decisions. All that and more right there on the Wise Money YouTube channel. Go to YouTube, search the Wise Money Show, subscribe to it there, turn on notifications, leave comments and questions there as well. We appreciate it. All right, we're helping you avoid or at least prepare, even if it's just a couple weeks in advance, for some tax surprises that you could find when you do your 2023 tax return. Again, the way to avoid all of these tax surprises is by doing proactive tax planning, part of the comprehensive financial planning process. But we're into a, a couple good tax surprises, left off with, um, with some of the tax credit expansions. The retirement savers credit, just quickly to, to sweep that up, um, if you contribute to a retirement account, whether that's your 401k, whether that's a Roth IRA even, that doesn't even give you a tax benefit today, or a traditional IRA, up to $2,000 for you, up to $2,000 for your spouse, can actually give you and earn you a tax credit that doesn't need to be repaid. Even that Roth IRA could get you a, a, a tax credit. Now, your income has to be below certain thresholds, and, and depending on how low it is, your percentage of credit can go up. Mm -hmm. But like I said just before the break, married filing jointly, $73,000. I think when I started my career, it was somewhere around forty-five dollars or $50,000. $73,000 if your adjusted gross income is below that and you contribute to retirement, you get in that at that threshold to be a 10% uh, tax credit. So well, 200 bucks. And this is a potential mistake that some people make because they don't see this one coming. They don't realize that they're going to be eligible for it. And so maybe they're contributing all their retirement contributions in one spouse's name. Yeah. You know, instead of contributing at least $2,000 to each spouse and both of them being eligible for this, maybe one of them is working outside the home and it's throwing all their money into the 401k at work. That's a good thing. It just might not be a great thing right? In your situation, maybe it's better for you to contribute to that 401k and then throw some money into a Roth IRA for your spouse at home. And, and again, if that makes you eligible now for double the credit, because you each, each spouse is eligible for this, that can be a big deal. So you want to make sure that you're not leaving money on the table. Um, the cool thing is that these um, retirement savers credits, sometimes you can make yourself eligible for them after the year is already over, right? Yeah. You could go contribute to an IRA right now, a traditional IRA, which lowers your income and maybe triggers you to be eligible. And all of a sudden, you weren't getting a credit before, now you are. So be aware of these things. Don't, don't be surprised by this good thing. Instead, figure out how you can make it work for you proactively. That's right. And, and, and speaking of, this one shouldn't catch you by surprise. It's, it's more... Uh, closely related to where our home office is and in, in, in our area, and that is the state tax credit, the Indiana state tax credit for contributing to the Indiana 529 plan. Yeah, this is this is one of the favorite things that we talk about on the show because so many people have a goal in their financial life to contribute to their kids' college education. Maybe you're not funding the whole thing. Maybe you're helping them out in some way. But if you are proactively setting aside money that will hopefully someday be used for college or, or even private school when they're in high school, that sort of thing, um, you have a some help coming from the state of, of Indiana. If you're a Hoosier or if you pay taxes in Indiana, up to $7,500 can be contributed to the 529 plan and count towards the credit. You're allowed to contribute more to the 529 plan. Maybe your goal requires that you save more for, for college than 
just 7500 but it's the first 7500 now that qualifies you for this credit and when it's a 20% credit that's 1500 bucks and uh, a credit the way it works is it eliminates up to $1,500 of taxes right off of your Indiana tax return. That's right. We love credits. So we've hopefully that's not a surprise. They, that came into effect. They increased that contribution limit for the credit from five grand to 7,500 in 2023. But there's a bonus surprise here too. Yeah. And this surprise, we were not aware of this either until receiving an email late in the year, I think in, in November where normally those contributions in order to get the credit for that year needed to be in needed to be in your account by 1231 in Indiana came out with the surprise saying actually starting this year starting for 2023 we're going to allow you to contribute up until your tax filing deadline for the previous year so treating it like IRA Roth IRA contributions even HSA contributions where you can contribute for last year even right now yeah this, this is an awesome way for you to do some last-minute planning, potentially. Maybe you just spaced it and you forgot to make the contribution for, for last year. It didn't get in on time, you thought. Well, now you've you've bought some more time because of the Indiana legislature, so we, we certainly thank them. And I'm sure it's it's for the, the state's benefit as well. You know, processing a gazillion checks at the last second each year is probably a stressful gig. Now they can be spread out a little bit more into the new year. Well, on top of that, I mean, 529 plans, one of the big changes, we've talked about this before, we'll talk about it again, that, that uh, $529 now can be transitioned to Roth IRAs. Lots of limits on that. I'm, I'm really um, making that oversimplified. But that is a that is a technical nightmare for yeah. the administrators of the 529 plan. And maybe they just said, listen, Indiana State Congress, if we've got to figure out all of this, you've got to give us a little bit more time here for right. processing contributions. So, okay, Josh, any other uh, surprises, either good or bad? Yeah, you know, I, I think there are just times in life where you hit a certain point just in your own life cycle or your own family's life cycle where your circumstances change. Uh, I'm thinking about kids being born or kids being launched from the nest, for example. Uh, you may have a, a teenager in your house who is getting you a child tax credit every single year, and then all of a sudden it can sneak up on you. Before you know it, that child turned 17 last year, and $2,000 credit you know, can, can disappear. Yeah. Um, and be replaced potentially with a $500 credit. But still, that that's a swing on your tax return. Because again, those credits are our favorite thing because they represent a dollar-for-dollar dollar reduction in your tax bill. So a $1,000 credit or a $500 credit is literally $500 off the bill or $500 in your pocket. And if that goes away, that's a swing on the tax return. There, there are years where you could go from being used to having nice refunds to all of a sudden barely breaking even. Or what if you even owe? And that's a surprise to you. So being aware of these types of just life changes, these stages of life that you're, you're reaching or your kids are reaching. Uh, one, graduating from college. You know, you could go from having college credits available to, to none um, or, or a reduced credit, that, that sort of thing. There are years where you're going to have maybe some surprise income as well. Mm -hmm. You know, you end up with a, a bigger bonus and that throws you into a higher income situation. All throughout the tax code, there are these thresholds where goodies are available to you if you're below this income and they are not available to you as soon as you cross uh, this income level. You need to know where those are. 
um, those those are a minefield that your certified financial planner can help you navigate. And it's all done through those proactive tax projections that we were talking about earlier on the show. This is your opportunity each year to proactively just look and, and estimate where is my tax picture going to land and what should or could I be doing about it proactively. I mean, think of the kids, the kids reaching age 17, which you might say, well, that's not a milestone birthday. I know. <laughs> I, I have no idea why the IRS set this, the in Congress set the rule at that age. Uh, either turning 17 or graduating college, you might say, oh, phew, that doesn't apply to me. And it might. Do you have a child turning 17 in this year, in 2024? If so, you're not, your credit is going to be different next year and you might want to adjust your withholdings right now do you have twins do you have twins <laughs> there's a there's a double impact here and so the point is even if it's not last year or this year if it's upcoming have that on your radar doing that proactive tax planning last one i'll slip in here isn't going to be a surprise when you file your return it's already been a surprise but you need to be aware of this when you're doing your tax planning and that is irma that is the income related monthly adjustment amount how your the amount you pay for Medicare Part B and Part D is based on what your adjusted gross income, modified adjusted gross income was from two years ago. So your income this year is going to impact what you pay for Medicare in, in for, for 2025. So the return you do for 2023. So being aware, being proactive and, and being planful for that. So, all right, that's all the time we have for today. On behalf of uh, Joshua Gregory, myself, all of us at Corhorn Financial Group, have a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday for the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Turn on notifications and smash that thumbs up button. Button, restart. Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.